What's up, guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. Starting to get a little bit back on track here. Got my Thursday night gig going. If you missed it, this morning, Thursday morning, I uploaded um, for Tales from the Front Desk on the Malicious Compliance channel, if you want to go over there and check that out right after this one. All right, without further ado, can't access any network drives. Just had a ticket that took nearly a week to resolve that I still can't believe. I work for a third-party IT company, Company A. One of our clients, Company B, had an employee we will call C. Oh, that's not too confusing. I had just set up a new laptop for C to use after her previous one just decided to hit retirement early. I physically met her at their office, confirmed she could log in, confirmed she could map and access her network drives, then went on my merry way. Pammy calls the next day about how she can't access her network drives at home. They use a third-party VPN to access on-premises resources, including Active Directory, which I know worked fine since I configured and tested it off-site prior to delivery. We couldn't even enter the direct name of the file share on the network. Nothing we were doing was getting her access to her network drives while on her home network. Then I finally managed to get this error. The domain controller could not be contacted for the authentication request. Check her network settings and yup, there it is. Her home network was using a non-standard subnet, for a home at least, which happened to be exactly the same subnet as Company B's office intranet. The only reason we found out now was because upon giving her a new laptop, when her home router assigned her an IP address, it happened to give her the exact same IP address as the domain controller. Her computer techie husband fixed their home network. She's fine now, but seriously, what are the odds? The odds are pretty good, evidently. <laughs> um, at least her husband was able to help her kind of work through the actual fix on setting it up differently. Yeah, I don't know enough about networks to know what the odds really are for that. I kind of let most of my stuff do the automated, you know, assigning of IP and whatever. I'd like to get to the point where I can set up an internal network in the house for all of us to work from for files and different things like that. But uh, yeah, ain't got time for that today. When I asked her to reboot, she got it half right. Reading another tale of someone switching off the monitor and saying they've rebooted reminded me of this tale from a long time ago in a job far, far away. The error reporting system was down, so it was everyone calling for everything day and all of us on the phones only. I can't recall what this lady's problem was, but I recommended a reboot, which, yes, I had to explain meant turning the computer off and back on again, as yes, she turned off the monitor usually. I knew things had gone wrong when I heard the phone being put down. She came back to the phone to say that she had switched the computer off but couldn't switch it back on again. It turned out she turned it off at the mains, and amazingly, it didn't switch back on when she switched the mains back on. She then wanted to know where on the PC the power switch was. Stop it. Get some help. She was in the building and I was about to go upstairs as she didn't get that I couldn't describe exactly where the power button was. Loads of different PC types. But thankfully a colleague of hers was technical enough to locate the power button for her. At least she knew that, you know, she had to, like, turn it off completely. Uh, although you did have to teach her that. But still, she retained that part. Now you just got to teach her how to turn it off without going and shutting the breakers off. <laughs> so, I'm not sure how good that is for a PC, but... Eesh. Tell me you needed that server after we decommissioned it. Years ago, we had a project to get rid of zombie servers. Zombie servers, besides wasting resources, can be taken over by bad actors, but that leads to a tale for cybersecurity. Anyway, what would happen was the people would set up a server, then just forget to decommission it. We did an audit and took note of servers that were not being used, and we communicated the best we could with the known server owners. After a couple months, we removed the servers from the network, then we let them sit for a couple months. 
Occasionally, a customer would say, hey, where did my server go? And we tell them to keep better track of their equipment and put it back in service. But most of them were abandoned and we would decommission them. The number was in the thousands, probably 10% to 20% of all the servers we had. One server got through this process and we were in the process of decommissioning it. We had removed the disk array and were starting to wipe the disks. I think it was a RAID 5. Lo and behold, the customer calls up all in a panic. Seems they needed that server once a year. And we're all like, gee, don't you ever read your emails? Oh, also, they didn't have a backup. Real smart for a critical server that you use once a year not to have a backup. We found a company that could recover the RAID array. We removed the disk array from the server. From our scrap pile, we clutched together a couple of old computers with a RAID controller and connected them to the internet through a secure tunnel. This enabled the vendor to recover the data. It took them a day or so, but they were able to do it. The recovered data was copied to a USB hard drive. While the recovery was in progress, we rebuilt the server with a new array. We didn't want to touch the original disk just to keep our options open. We went to copy the data back to the server, but all the server had was a USB 1.0 port. It was going to take forever. Fortunately, there was a micro center a few miles away, and one of the guys races over there before they close, because you always find you need stuff with minutes to spare. He got a higher speed USB card, installed it, copied the data back over to the rebuilt server, and got the customer back in service. I got a similar situation. Well, it's different, but anyway. I uh, was cleaning out the basement once, and... You know, I've got spare parts to things that are all around this house. You know, spare pieces, uh, extensions, adapters, whatever. And one time I was cleaning out the basement, trying to set it up so that I could actually do some work down there. And uh, I threw out a bunch of old parts to things that we hadn't used for three or four years. And then uh, about a week later, yep, my wife asked me where a certain part was. And it was in that group that had gotten tossed out. <sighs> Why do I have to switch user every computer I go to? Hey all, I'm just IT support. First year in IT will be in one month. And I do my best, but by no means am I experienced or know a bunch like most of you, lol. But today was the first time I've had a situation come up that I felt I wanted to share in my first time posting. So I work at a credit union. A ticket got placed detailing the struggles of a manager having to always log off and lose where they were at in order to log in to help out the tellers up on the line. Then they pointed out that their switch user button was gone. Some info to preface the rest. We are in a VMware environment and push all their computers out to HP VMs for some good reasons. One of them might be painful to know. This exact situation. VMs are a very good solution if you have to move around a lot and don't want to have to log off. Just a roaming profile and you can go log in at any station and pick up where you left off. We, as of July, had upgraded from Wysis to HP Thin Clients and I had to go to all of our branches and set them up. Explain new features, how to use them, etc. So I have directly discussed this already with said ticket customer. Me. Hey Anonymous, I saw your ticket. So the new HPs we put in were actually to get rid of the switch user function. You no longer have to log out to move anywhere. You just log in on a different PC and it'll pull up your profile wherever you are. Anonymous customer. So it looks like other users still have the switch users, but mine doesn't. I thought the only way for Anonymous, new core, to recognize printers is that we have to do switch user. When do we get new HPs? What? Me. So no switch user, no disconnect, logging off. If you go to the teller line, just log in again and it'll log you out of wherever else you are and pull it to the TL. The HPs are the black boxes that are on your desk. I came in before the conversion and set up all the branches. I was in your office with you as I set it up to ensure it was to your liking. Being professional, I left out the bit that the day I set them up was the same day I trained them on this exact topic and how doing it through switch user can actually now sometimes cause problems. And the four emails we sent out as a department covering this 
and all the staff meetings we had to ensure everyone was ready for this change. And finally, it was my pin team's message the entire time. When switching TCs, ensure you log out of Anon software before calling IT. I'll be the first to admit, I am an extremely forgetful person. But there's certain things that, you know, okay, I may not remember exactly how the switch user and just logging into a new workstation and whatever works, but at least I would remember enough to know that we got some new machines and we got some training on something very similar to this. It's probably what I'm thinking about. And I would even say, hey, I'm, I'm not sure. Can you brush me up on this or something? But uh, yeah, there's got to be some reference material somewhere that they can go back and pull up to kind of jog their own memory. But uh, photocopier won't print in color. This is just a funny little one that happened today. I work as the only IT support in a small primary school. I was sitting at my desk when one of the kitchen staff, Chef, came to me asking if I could help her get the photocopier to print in color. Chef, I'm pressing the color button, but it's not working. I think I already know what the problem is. Our photocopiers are set up such that when configuring a new job, an extra step is required to enable color printing, just to try and discourage people from printing everything in color if it isn't necessary. Sometimes the members of staff who haven't been with us for very long or who just haven't really used the photocopier before need to be taught this. I get to the photocopier and quickly show her how to select color printing and have her press print. She reaches down to get her copies. Chef. No, it's black and white still. I scrunch my face in confusion and pull her original documents out of the document feeder. They're black and white. I see the problem. OP. Oh, I'm sorry. If your original document is black and white, the photocopier can't make it color. Chef. Right. Okay. Well, I guess that'll have to do then. Thanks, OP. Seen more of this than I care to remember. <laughs> you got a black and white document and you want to make some color. You can't just create color out of thin air on a photocopier. So, uh, yeah. Good luck with that. Skipping the trust in Trust But Verify saves so much time. So it seems I'm back on the help desk queue again. I work for a small shop. We lost our T1 guy, and until we get someone new on board, we're all keeping an eye on the queue. I get a gem of a ticket from one of our frequent flyers. We call them light bulb because we'd like to swap the flickering component with one that's actually bright. <laughs> this is a person who shouldn't be allowed to use a computer, so I always take a little extra care when dealing with their tickets. Hi, IT team. This is an urgent request as it affects my daily job. File manager keeps crashing and not able to stay in files for very long. I've rebooted several times this morning. Includes unhelpful screenshot of open file folder. Please help. Thank you, Lightbulb. Hi, Lightbulb. Thank you for taking this initial troubleshooting step. FYI, while one reboot is a great first step, if one reboot doesn't fix the problem, then additional reboots aren't likely to improve the situation. I'm just letting you know so you can save yourself time in the future. I've applied a fix to your system. Now that I've made the change, I'd like you to reboot by following these specific steps. This is important for the fix to apply. Open the start menu in the lower left corner of the screen. Select the power icon from the lower left corner of the start menu. Select restart from the list of available options. Allow the restart to complete. Test the issue again and let me know the result. Thanks, me. Internal help desk note. I've not made any changes. I'm just making sure that rebooted several times doesn't mean close the lid and open it again. If it replies back that the problem's still occurring, then I'll do actual triage. Hi, me. Thank you so much for your help. It seems to be working now. We'll let you know if any issues come back. Thanks, Lightbulb. Great, I'm glad that fix worked. Since the issue didn't come back, I'm going to mark this ticket as solved. Cheers, me. 
My boss saw the ticket and the update, so I thought he was going to tell me not to be so cynical towards our users, but instead, we all had a good laugh about the outcome. I know they say trust but verify, but skipping past trust and right to verify saves a ton of time. I gotta remember that. I've always gone by the logic of trust but verify, but the bypassing the trust and going right to verify... I like that. It does. It's got to save time. It's funny. For 20 some years, my wife's always called me cynical along with a few other things, but we won't get into that here. Anyway, yeah, I'm a little cynical because, you know, I hear people talk and I see their mouths moving and then they wonder why I'm giving them this strange look like, are you stupid? Did you eat paint chips when you were a kid? Did your mom drop you down the stairs too many times? Like, what? what are you talking about? So far, I've managed to keep those voices inside my head, but the look still comes across my face. And it's one of those filters that I just, I don't know that I've ever had it, to be honest with you, but oh, well, what are you going to do? You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.